In this episode, I sat down with Wesson of Arcane Anthems. We spoke about music, Dungeons and Dragons, and how to make a career out of one of your passions or hobbies. So, if you're interested and want to know more about that, stay tuned to this episode. Before we head into this episode, I wanted to thank you all for listening. I really appreciate your viewership, and I really appreciate your support. For those of you who are new to the podcast, though, welcome. I hope that you find a place here where you can learn or gain some form of knowledge for your next D&D or TTRPG session. And heck, I hope you just have fun on this podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review if you're able to. Those really help and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And here's the episode. Hey everyone, Brian here. Today I have a really special guest with me. You might know them on TikTok as Arcane Anthems, but I know them as Weston. Weston, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I am, you know, hanging in there. Uh, it's flu season and my entire family is sick. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but other other than that, you know, things are things are going very very well uh, in in, in my music making space, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I'm happy to hear that. You know, I, I, I remember seeing on TikTok all the different renditions and all the songs and all and really and then collaborations later on as like from the first time I started to then now, like recently you were at Gen Con and whatnot. So it was really cool to see the progression of like, oh, cool. This musician is making strides in not only the D&D world, but like as a musician, you're really talented. So my first question I want to ask is like, how did you get into music? Uh, so I've been making music my whole life. Uh, I really started songwriting uh, when I was 16. I got a guitar and I started like putting songs together. Really, I bought a guitar not to play guitar, but more to like accompany my singing okay. uh, and, and my performance in that way so that I didn't need to rely on other people to like play things for me because I'm a singer. Um, gotcha. So I got into uh, guitar and then I uh, got into a band and we started doing like recordings. So I got into production that way. So I've been doing music production for about 20 years now and songwriting and, and performance and uh, all those things. I was in a rock band for 10 years oh, cool. uh, and all that has kind of accumulated or yeah, culminated into what I'm what I'm currently doing, uh, which is very like if you would have asked me 10 years ago, like, hey, in 2021, you're going to be making music for Dungeons and Dragons. I'd have been like, excuse me, <laughs> like, what? Uh, 2011 Weston would have not understood how that would have happened because uh, I was so deep into like uh, alternative rock scene and, and okay. all that stuff. So uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where my musical background comes in. And I wanted to do something in the hobby that I could add, you know, I could, I could, I could add something to the community and, and do something sure. a little bit out there, a little bit unique, a little bit different. Well, one thing I did notice too, like, I, you know, you mentioned that you were playing guitar and whatnot, but I've also seen that you play several other instruments. So did you progress from uh, guitar and then kind of go like the stringed instruments? Like I saw a video of you with a mandolin. Did you go that route or did you kind of like pick up, you know, guitar and then bass is actually pretty easy to pick up if you know guitar. And then did you kind of go that route and go like piano and other instruments or did you stick to more of like the stringed instruments? Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I play guitar. I play some mandolin. I play bass guitar as well. Uh, those are kind of, and then I also tinker on piano mainly for compositional reasons uh, for so sure. I can like quickly write out melodies. Um, 
but again, yeah, that's that's the progression of instruments that that I that I learned, uh, I okay. suppose, and, and that I will be learning for the rest of my life. Like I'm, they, they're they're definitely not my priority, but yeah. I can pick up a bass and I can play some bass lines. I can pick up you know the mandolin and I can play some um, some rhythm parts on on the on the mando. Uh, and and those are just instruments that I've always like loved. Like I've always loved the bass. I've always loved the piano. I've always loved the mandolin. Um, mm. So I, I wanted to explore those things and see how they could uh, add something to my music and i've been able to add them into uh, multiple compositions and, and commissions and things that oh that's awesome have me, have me do uh and adding uh like electric bass or or uh, having some fun you know making like electric cellos and, and fan fantasy music and all that stuff like is is a, a really good time to be able to mix uh kind of the more like modern technologies with these mm -hmm. older uh classical instruments well it's also cool to have a modern take on classical pieces that we would be using in dungeons and dragons anyway see i'm, I'm a drummer so i'm kind of on the opposite side of okay, like I'm trying to understand the composition, but for me, I'm, I'm kind of laying down that rhythm and trying to, trying to keep, you know, so many different things, especially you mentioned alternative rock as one of your um, loves and one of your genres that you specifically love. I love like progressive rock. So like Rush was like a big thing. I remember listening to Tom Sawyer oh, as a yeah. kid and I was like, whoa. Tom Sawyer is mind blowing. It, it really, and you know, especially for like a 12 year old kid, Who's Absolutely. like, whoa, there's a syncopated seven eighth time signature that Neil Peart's going on, but he has a serious face while he's doing it. I want to well, be and like it, him. And it works like, like it, it, it works in the context of yes. the song, like being able to, to pull off non conformative four, four, three, four rhythms yep. uh, or just six, eight rhythms in, in music is, and then not have it bring attention to itself yep uh, is is so so good and, and so so powerful uh when it comes to songwriting well when that when that part of the synth um when i was like when i heard that part and i learned the drum part for it just by listening and repeating and repeating i mean i blew you know my mind was blown when i heard that and that's a question i have to ask for you did you teach yourself or did you have class that you went to or kind of did you do a hybrid mix when you were learning your instruments I, I I really knew nobody um, okay. in the industry. I knew nobody uh, really. I didn't know anybody who played instruments. The, the reason that I picked up guitar was because my older sister started playing guitar at college, and I was like, I think I want to do that. Like I think oh, cool. that she she came back with the, in, in like a semester. She wrote like twelve songs. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> something. Awesome. I was like, wow, uh, can't do that. Um, but yeah, so I, I one of the one of the things that I am most proud of is being able to learn all this stuff by my myself and 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 I, I don't say that in like a look at me go kind of way I, mm -hmm. I say that in a it was really hard to do it all alone and it was very like it was very lonely and and I I want to be somebody that other people can look to and ask questions to and that's why I, I enjoyed I used to be a a, a a pro software trainer and that's why I enjoyed taking people who had never like made music or have are getting into making music and being able to be that resource for them so that they can produce their music better. Like they're already good songwriters that they already know how to write their lyrics. They already know how to do all this stuff. But what they need is, is the help with making it forever and, and yeah. bringing that permanence to it. Uh, a melody in your head is fantastic and you can have a whole orchestral arrangement up there, but if you don't get it down, it's going to be forgotten. It's very much like D and D. Like if you are a dungeon master homebrewing a world, you might have a bunch of great ideas in your head, but if you don't put them to paper, or notebook or, you know, computer, whatever you use, 
it's never going to be a thing. I like how you yeah. bring that. I, I, I really like how you, 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 it almost seems like you're meant, you mentor people too, through your music and, you know, not only just Dungeons and Dragons, we'll hit that in a little bit, but through music, it almost seemed like you, tr- you wanted to mentor individuals too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's something that I do uh, all the time is I'll help people with their audio setups. I'll help people. Uh, I mean, like I said, doing commissions, like being able to take somebody's words and turn them into music is something that I love. Like that is oh, yeah, so amazing. cool to, to, to for them to be able to say, oh, I want this song to sound, you know, I want it to have like an electronic element. Mm. I want it to be upbeat. And I also want it to uh, kind of be lamenting. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm. Like that's a, that's, that's an interesting combination. Let's, let's work with that. You know, let's the electronic sections, let's, let's make sure that we have maybe a little bit of synth in there, maybe some, some low kind of rumbles. Let's uh, for the lamenting, let's make sure it's in the correct key. Uh, so that it feels sad and it feels like mournful. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just being able to take aspects like that and turn them into something and present them to the client and say, is this what you're looking for? And then go, whoa, <laughs> yeah. yes. But there's also these changes I want to make and be able to go back and forth and like receive that feedback. I used to, I had to teach myself to not take feedback personally and yeah. make make the songs that I'm creating really about the client and like and and what they're looking for and do feedback is really really important and communication for me is and, and connection is the reason that I do what I do is mm-hmm. that music has such a powerful impact on connection uh, and on relationships and on us interacting with our feelings and with the world that I mean, that's the reason I got into music was to show people parts of me that I didn't know how to communicate normally. And same thing with Dungeons and Dragons. Like, that's the reason that I like it is that sometimes I can communicate something in a story or in a game. I can show people parts of myself in a very like safe, more interesting, more collaborative way Mm -hmm. than I could just with sitting down and and talking to them. Uh, Because when you have something like that's outside of yourself to interact with, all of a sudden it becomes much easier to put more vulnerability in there, more of yourself uh, in in those things. And the same thing was was true with music. Being able to write a a love song and or or a or a you know a sad song or a vulnerable you know be in a vulnerable state recording a, a song or whatever for me is a lot easier than maybe just being vulnerable with people. And honestly, it's easier to receive being on the receiving end, receive that vulnerability in a song form than have somebody just open up to you about it. Anyway, the, the for, for me, everything that I do is all about building relationships. And it's all about building connection because that's so important to me. And I can see where that transition from, you know, with music and Dungeons and Dragons, because I think one, both are creative aspects, right? If you're a dungeon master or a player, no matter where you are in that kind of role and responsibility, so to speak, they're both creative. So you as a musician being already creative and artistic, I can see where you can transition that um, as a dungeon master, as a player connecting with your audience. And if you're a dungeon master, that audience is either, you know, the players um, who are, you know, storytellers as well, or if you're streaming, you know, that audience, but in this case, how did you transition then? Or how did you start playing Dungeons and Dragons? Did you already play D&D before 
um, you learned music or was that kind of simultaneous? How, what's that journey like? Very much after the fact, uh, I, okay. I had quit, uh, quit the band that I was currently playing in. Uh, and I had been with for 10 years. I was kind of in a limbo space uh, with music when I found D&D. Okay. Uh, I, and, and in fact, I had stopped playing uh, kind of oh, altogether. Wow. I'd, I'd been a little bit dis- disillusioned uh, by the music industry, by music in general. I was definitely a bit jaded. Like I couldn't find new music that I enjoyed. It was, it was tough. Uh, it was like a tough situation for me. Um, but my friends had just started playing board games together. And we had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, as I was kind of transitioning away to some other, uh, another band member uh, of mine. And we started playing games together and he would invite his friends over and I would kind of get to know them and they became my friends. Uh, and then I was scrolling through Imager one day and uh, kind of just scrolling past. And I saw this like little blurb on, hey, you should check out this group of voice actors. They're doing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and my initial thought was, well, that's super nerdy. Uh, and then I, I scrolled past it and I was like, actually, like D&D? The the D and D part's really nerdy, but the voice acting part is a little bit interesting to me because I, I mm. I've been interested in voice acting and I had done some uh, commercial acting classes and I had an agent at the time and I was oh cool uh, you know going out for auditions for commercials and all that stuff uh, and so I was like okay well that, that might be interesting to like learn or like see what they can do mm-hmm. um, I, I I never would have thought the impact that that one decision to scroll back would have had in my life yeah like that tiny decision completely reoriented my entire life being able to and it was it's critical role i can just say it like it's 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 fine it was this was back in 2015 when they had just started uh, yeah I yeah i started i started watching them when they were on episode 22 or 23 or something like that um so it was really early on comparatively you know for sure now uh to 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 where they, they currently are but seeing that one small decision i became absolutely like enthralled by this game um, and I mean, I, I had dreams that I was in the cast. I had, <laughs> you know, like, like all, all those things, just cause I was listening and watching these shows yeah. so much. Um, and when I brought it up to my group of gaming friends, they were like, Weston, that's really nerdy. Like why? <laughs> like I, I could, I could feel the like resistance to, to Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the, the, you know, the, the stigmas or the stereotypes or whatever yeah. that may have been. So I got my group of friends to play a board game with me uh, called Mice and Mystics, uh, which is a RPG in a box. And the way that I ran it was I ran it like I was a DM running Dungeons Mm. and Dragons. Uh, Good idea. So so they had their little mice and their character sheets and we would Mm -hmm. roll dice and we would play this game as if it were D&D. And then at some point they were like, oh, we get it. I can see why making your own character. Yes. Okay, Weston, let's try this D&D thing. So my first game of Dungeons and Dragons was me as a DM. That's Uh, awesome. I had never played before, uh, but I knew what I had picked up on Critical Role and on other podcasts and getting the books and kind of reading through them. And I had a lot, lot of stuff to learn at the time, but we had a blast and we are just now finishing up our six year long campaign. So, wow, that's awesome. That uh, is, yeah, it how now it's been the, amazing. Same uh, characters or have characters kind of come in and out? Um, uh, we we added a couple people and we lost a couple people. Okay, but the group was the group started out with seven people, so you know we Dang. we we could afford to kind of do a little bit of switching here and there. True, true. Um, but now we're we're ending with a group of five people and they've been playing together for four years. Wow. So it's uh yeah it's it's been absolutely fantastic and all all of their lives have changed because of D and D as well. I my my buddy uh, Dungeon Heads is now doing. Uh, he has a Patreon where he does free 
art uh, for the community to use oh, cool. in their streams or, or in their games or whatever. I have another buddy of mine who's going to D&D conventions and, and it's, it's, it's just been so much fun to see how this this silly game has impacted all of us. And obviously for me, I mean, this is my full-time job now. This is, yeah. uh, this is, this is my livelihood. This is where my like friend groups are. I I've made, I've met so many amazing people um, who have really changed who I am and, and helped me to be better and inspired me to uh, make changes in my life that are, are, are for the better. Yeah. So it's, isn't been that amazing? Absolutely incredible. Isn't that amazing how this community, and we've known, obviously, we know each other online, um, virtually, let's just say, and you, you know, you know, Jason from Critical Dice, who's a friend of mine. Um, He's been at, you know, he stayed at my house for a convention and I would not have met him. I would not have met you. I would not have met these wonderful people in my life if it wasn't for this community, for this D&D online community. And I'm really thankful for the platforms that we are on. Well, no matter the size of create content, create whatever it may be, but I'm just really grateful for it. And it's really special to see that now, you know, from a D and D perspective and a music perspective, what was that difference? Like, did you still, do you still have that kind of community with friends in the music industry or are those, or is it more of a community now in D and D? I know you mentioned that your friends and everything are still here, but I'm, I'm curious to see, do you still have friends in the music industry and in that community that you talk with or hang out with or collaborate with even, or have you said, Hey, come to this side of the, of the, <laughs> well, the dark I, side, so to speak. I mean, the, the, the people who were making music with me, one of the, the our keyboard player and our ba- slash bass player was the one who invited me to, for the, for two yep. of those board game nights. Sure. Uh, so, so obviously we're, we're still, you know, very, very good friends. For sure. Um, I, 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 I don't know if I ever really became like a member of that, like music making community. I, okay. I think that there's a there's a lot of reasons that I didn't. Uh, sure. It's a pretty I don't know. There's a lot of like darkness there when it when it comes to the this the lifestyle that you have to live in order Understood. to kind of survive in that industry. And I am much happier being able to be home with my family, make music, connect with people online, go to go meet them at conventions and play games sure. with them. Like all you know even make uh, meet and meet other creators here in san diego and be able to get together with them and you know be their friends like that's it's just so so amazing i i started uh, it was interesting the the like i said i had been dis- disillusioned with music when i kind of got into dungeons and dragons uh, but at one point in the in the game we had a player die and something like something finally struck me i had started dabbling back into music at, at, at that point i had started uh, creating uh, kind of electronic style pop music uh, just to, to do something different and i stayed up till about 2 a.m writing a song that uh, that that night and that was kind of the the beginning of everything else of yeah. you know of uh, writing songs for individual characters that's how it started i started writing uh, songs for each player in my campaign and then i thought to myself i wonder if other people would want songs for their characters yeah uh, so sure. I, I started going on instagram and kind of asking around and i got quite a few commissions like i've done probably 150 commissions now i've done so many commissions uh but That's i awesome. but i also saw a need for people who were streaming to have a very easy resource to use that they could just dive in, grab some music and play it in their campaigns without having to worry about licensing, without having to worry about copyright strikes, without having to yep. worry about uh, the DCMA, like all that stuff, like being able to just 
create. And that's what I wanted yeah. to add to the community. Um, but nobody would really, nobody cared. Uh, the algorithm doesn't hmm. care about RPG music. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, which is un unfortunate. Um, so I had to do something a little bit different to quote unquote, like get out there and market myself. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's when the D&D the &D parodies came into play. Uh, and being able to use my like acting chops and my my goofiness and my you know my worthiness or not worthiness my uh, um, willingness that's the word I'm looking ah, for my okay, okay. I was gonna say wait a minute no willingness to be a little bit cringe and and, and like you know and, and and try things that weren't uh, weren't things that maybe everybody else was doing um, and I get so, that I yeah. I definitely get that and I've learned that, and especially now with having a baby on the way, it's almost like I'm, I'm, I can, I can do the dad jokes and the cringe dad jokes all I want now because I am a dad. And, yeah. but sometimes, like you said, the algorithm does not, it doesn't gravitate towards certain niches in the community, whether it's D and D music or world building or DM coaching, it doesn't necessarily gravitate that it gravitates to the trends and everything like that. So I get what you're saying. Well, it's it's interesting. The the people who grow fastest in, in any community are people who can establish an enemy and and really like incite people to rally behind uh, a certain banner and to go against, you know, other other people. OK. Um, and those are e even if it's just an idea of someone else. Um, and you explain I, that a little bit more. I'm a little confused. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we have we have lots of enemies in the Dungeons and Dragons community, don't we? Uh, we, we have, you know, the uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, the players at our tables who I don't know take too long on their on their turns. The player at the table who uh, is you know doing terrible things. We have dungeon masters who abuse their power and the ones that stack up dice table. while you're <laughs> role playing. <laughs> uh, I mean, we 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 have lots of like these like silly enemies in the community. Mm -hmm. We also have uh, you know people who will Some keep keep one. keep other people from playing. We'll have. Yeah. Uh, you know, gate gatekeeping in the community and rules lawyers. And like, we have all these people. And if you really like push your community uh, to be divisive of, yeah. about certain things, uh, you're going to grow faster. Yep. Uh, and I didn't want to do that. Like I, I didn't yeah. want, I didn't want that to be my platform. Um, For sure. I respect that. I, I, I wanted, and, and, and I've, yeah, I've done like silly parodies about rules lawyers and, and, and silly stuff like that. But I think it's okay um, to 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 do the jokes here and there, the memes, right? Uh, the oh, I do, I, I do all the trends. All, you, you, <laughs> well, you I'll have to, man. Trend. I mean, like it, yeah. it's it's. I've learned that, especially like from a D and D TikTok perspective. Like I, I really love the content you produce and create because one D and D for me is a form of escapism. Not only my current campaign, which has been going on for about five years, I'm. I've been married for five years and the campaign's been going for five years. That's how I remember. Um, but it's been, you know, this campaign. So that's number one. But two, when I see like the comedic aspect of D&D, &D, it's fun to laugh at. It's it's fun to laugh at myself who's like, yeah, I'm the DM that collects an absurd amount of minis, as you can see by my collection. <laughs> and there's more hidden and there's more upstairs. But yeah, you know, the, the, the shiny math rocks that we all love. Oh, it's, yeah. I think it's a good thing to, you know, kind of poke fun at that because we've all been there. Who, who has not been at a game store and looked at a set of dice and you're like, I already have dice. I logically know this, but I'm going to buy more or, oh, Hey, gosh. I don't need this book. 
I'm going to buy it. Like, you know, we've all been there. And I'll, but you do mention a good point too. There are the, the gatekeepers, which is like, okay, we really wish that behavior wasn't here. And my opinion is we still treat them with love and respect and kindness to get them away from being the gatekeeper and kind of make them see that perspective of, oh, this is why we're against gatekeeping because of this, 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 and that, you know, and th- those are the people that like, we should kind of rally and say, hey, like, let me show you what our perspective is. But again, I, I digress. But it's good to it is good essentially to poke fun of those things. It's okay, at least in my opinion, it's okay. Well, of of of, of course, it, I, and I think humor is has a way of softening the edges uh, quite a yep. bit. Yep. Uh, I, I I mean the the hobby is has gone through a lot of changes, and Very I think true. specifically with Five E, it's gone through a massive amount of changes, and will continue to go through changes as. Uh, society continues to evolve that's how sure. it's going that's that's what's what's going to happen and some people like those changes and some people do not uh and yeah. and the, the thing is is that you know i i don't know what my point is uh I've, I've i've definitely lost it i my 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 biggest concern one thing that i i wanted to bring up was this idea of the art that you create and then there's art that you create for the algorithm mm. uh with with trends and, and things like that like being able to do both and and some people's art is algorithm friendly, and yeah. that doesn't make it any less art. Um, sure. And some people uh, have to do other things to get people's attention, you know. Yeah. And being able to put yourself out there in a way that is approachable—I mean, really, the key to success in in any industry is to have people uh, like who you are. Sure. I mean. If, if they like who you are, wh- whether they like you for being a villain or whether they like you for being a good person, if they like who you are, they're sure. going to support your efforts and they're going to support your art. They're going to support your creations. So being able to be somebody who uh, go puts himself out there Mm-hmm. uh makes make something uh that like i so one one of the things that I, I don't know if i tell very many people this i love making music mm-hmm. i love being on stage i love performing i love improv i love all those things i hate recording myself like yeah, putting putting myself in in the director's chair and in the cinematographer's chair is so annoying to me i do not like it if i could I never do that ever again that would be great i love conversations i love being on camera if that makes sure. sense but i don't love having to come up with every single shot and every like i'm a i'm a musician like let me make music let me perform in the way that feels comfortable to me um <laughs> but man every video i shoot is just like okay i'm gonna get through it like it's like it's gonna be fine you see and you uh, make it seem so easy because when i when i see your you know videos and stuff i'm like man like I bet like how many takes did it take for him? Like one, two, it just seems so natural. And, and, and it makes, you know, I'm not trying to say that your, your stress about recording makes me feel better, but I, I'm glad I'm not alone in that. And I think a lot of people are like that. They see content creators and they're like, holy crap, it just comes so natural. When in reality, it's uncomfortable sometimes. The, the people who blow me away are the ones that who can like the cosplayers who can do like a hundred yes. TikToks. Like they, they get dressed up and then they're up for like seven hours shooting TikToks. I'm I don't understand. Like I do one TikTok, I am I am exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so I, yeah. tired. Even, uh, even if it's simple, because there's so many stages. There's like the 
the one preparing your life to be able to do that. Yes. So like getting getting to a place where you can record a TikTok. Uh, then you have to come up with an idea yep. for the TikTok. Then you have to shoot and execute well on the idea. Yep. Then you have to go and create a engaging uh, description uh, yep. that is going to help people to be engaged in the comments. And for me, I also have to promote my Patreon and, and you know, the music that Your I create. So I'm, I'm doing both. Yeah. And then I have to screen record it so that I can upload it on other platforms and do the same thing again. So by the time I up, I do like one TikTok, I am so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired because I've been working at it for like two and a half hours, three hours on this like one little project. And then I then have to go and or then I I get to go and finally like make music and and <laughs> do that stuff. So the the um see and that's the, a lot of dedication to 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 for to your craft. Not only it, it's almost like you are preparing the way for you know your content and yeah you're creating artistic content and whatnot, but it has a purpose. So by the time and like you said, you have a family. So. Imagine you're doing all that and then maybe someone needs you in the family. So you got to mm -hmm. attend to that. It, it's a lot. I mean, these cosplayers are, I, Liz Wonder is one of my favorite cosplayers. She, her and I, she's Cuban, I'm Cuban. So it's, you know, there's that cultural uh, connection there, but she will do exactly what you said, seven, 12 hours Ooh. recording TikToks. And cause I've asked her like, how do you do this? And she just, you know, with a smile on her face and I'm like, holy cow. But then again, that hard work comes into play when her TikTok was thought, they thought that that was leaked uh, footage and scenery from uh, Zack Snyder's like Superman. <laughs> and sure. the internet went crazy. And I mean, and Zack Snyder like called out to her and said that he loves her because uh, she does a lot of Wonder Woman cosplay. Sure. And she's now yeah. done aqua woman like she's done really fantastic cosplays this high quality cosplays um so go check her out y'all if, if you have the time liz wonder but i mean yeah it's a lot of work it's a lot of work to not only to build your brand so that you can provide your service or your product to the community it's it's right. a lot and, and i and i that's something that i, I talk to a lot of uh, creators about is this like you you need to do part part of what you do you need to love if you if you don't yes. love it like i love <laughs> being silly and goofy and and performing on tiktoks like I, I know i've made a good tiktok if i can watch it back and i laugh at myself i'm like oh yeah that was that was pretty funny like that yeah that was good that that, that little lyric right there like that translated well like that mm -hmm. that make that brings me pride that brings me joy uh, when I can do that and then to see other people getting joy from it, like, again, making those connections, building those relationships, uh, that is really the that's the reason that I, I enjoy doing what I do is because I, I, I like being in front of people like if, for me dealing with the point one percent of people who are going to be trolls and who are going to be mean and who are going to yeah. be you know annoying is it's totally worth it if i get to interact with the other 99 percent uh who are who are fantastic people and and who are supportive yeah. and who and who you know love love the things that we create and like that is it's honestly i think it's a skill mm. that you have to learn to develop that that skill of like how are you going to interact with people who don't like you because there's going to be a lot of people I've, I've had people go off on me because I wear scarves in my videos like people will find whatever it is that they don't like about you and they will tell you because you're on the Internet and they can be, you know, quote unquote anonymous um, in, in, in doing that. 
And usually I think that if if I respond, usually I'm I'm a swipe report block kind of person because I, I block so many people online because I don't need to deal with <laughs> like I, I if I see a troll on somebody else's video, I'll go in and block them because that is the most powerful thing that you can do is just remove them from your life. Get True. rid of them, cut out the toxicity. If I do engage with people, I will simply show them that the behavior they are exhibiting is on them. Yeah. Okay. Like it is. It is the the feelings that you are having that you think you're having about me. Oh, yep. It's about yourself. It's, it's actually about you. And yeah. people people who go on the internet and make fun of people who uh, troll people these are not healthy individuals. Mm. These are people who are broken. These yeah. are people who are sick. Uh, normal people do not want to do that. You're, who yeah, well, I can see that. Do not want to do that. People who are uh, people who are kind and respectful, and people who I want to interact with, do not do that. Yeah. So we can point. be like we can point out like, hey, this like this is this is this behavior is not good. Like and and this is not like you don't have to be a bully or sarcastic or clever or whatever. Mm. You just have to say this is not okay. Yeah. You cannot do this. This is mean. This is cruel, and this only reflects on you. This only shows everybody yeah. else the kind of person that you are. Yeah, that I've dealt I dealt with one troll on TikTok that I mean went to the point of just <clears throat> going to every video because I think I made a video, I don't even remember I I made a video on something. Oh, it was Divine Smite. Uh -huh. I had misinterpreted um the rule, but again, I the way I play paladins in my game you know, the gods are pretty, gods and magic are pretty powerful. So that divine smite, especially when the undead are involved. Yeah, I beef it up a lot. And, cool. I, and, you know, it's just a fun little thing to do. But this individual went hard and called me a bunch of different names. And at first, you know, I didn't have a lot of experience with like people on TikTok. I've had a lot of experience on Instagram where folks are really, even the trolls on Instagram, I will say like, a, I'll try to be clever and they'll laugh at it. And then it's, and then it's done. Cause when I figured out, oh, when you laugh at something, like you said, you soften the edge and then mm -hmm. they're like, oh yeah, you know what? That is actually kind of silly. What I said, my bad, or you know what? I didn't think of it or I didn't come up, you know, I didn't have that idea. Now I see your point of view after you explained it to me. Sorry, I was a a, a jerk to not sure. say another word. But this individual, man, like made this was the first time I felt like bad. Oh gosh, yeah. It, it and happens. I, and I try not to. I mean, I you know, the come I've spoken in front of people at work that are high-level individuals, and you know, I was like, I, I know I have confidence, but that one thing like got under my skin. So yeah, and I definitely understand and, and definitely agree with you. It's a skill set to kind of learn, discern, and then have that. I don't know if it's thick skin, and I would love to hear your opinion on it, but it's almost like that discernment of, okay, is this person trolling to troll? Is this person being hurtful and mean? Like, what is their intention? But I think you nailed it too. These A lot of these individuals are almost self-reflective. They're saying something about themselves that they don't like about themselves, and, you know, then kind of regurgitate it back at you because you're reflecting something that they don't like. I don't know. Maybe that's, yeah. that's a, that's a different episode perhaps of the psychology <laughs> of trolls, but yeah, well, no, it, I think it, you it, hit it's, it. It's, it, it's really, it's really a matter of being able to take it off of you. 
Like mm. you, you can't control what everyone else is going to think about you. Like that's it's not something that is in, in your power. Uh, mm. you, you can mitigate things and you can be political and you can, uh, be careful about how you approach certain topics. True. Um, but at the end of the day, like what other people think is on them, that is their responsibility, not your responsibility. Yeah. Um, and as a content creator, like the, the uh, the more the more people who view my content, the more responsible I do feel to mm. be a good example in the community. Yeah. Uh, to not use the uh, the following that I have to be harmful to another person. For sure. Um, and sometimes I really really want to, but that's not that's. I, that's but not I respect that. That's that's not the person that I want to be. Um, yeah. And and knowing kind of who like who who you want to be and what you want your brand to reflect and and how you want people to think about you when they bring you up in conversation like what what is what are the feelings that you're trying to in, evoke to to other people like do you want them like do you want them to be like oh man Weston's really clever and he's uh he can like tear people a new one and you know he can he can he can destroy the trolls or do you want yeah. to think of me as somebody oh yeah I I, I love his videos they they make me smile they mm -hmm. like and and for everybody it's different yeah true. I, I have i have good friends of mine who are great at just dismantling trolls they just they yeah. take them apart like they're so good at it uh and and, and i love watching them in in their element like i said it's a skill it's a it's a talent um but that's that's not something that i want in my life like that's that's not yeah. who i am that that's not dealing with those types of people makes me miserable i feel so like I just, your time could be placed doing more creative things exactly you know it's exactly. trolls and 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 one thing you mentioned too like they have something inward and then the part of me that is i don't know if it's like a super empathetic person i know my mom is super empathetic I'll probably get this from her but i think like what in their life made them act this way and then it's like do you can i like give you a hug or do you need some food <laughs> I, I got you um uh, but I, I think about that and it's kind of, and, and you bring up a good point. We often don't think of that feeling of, oh, this person makes me feel this way. And they perhaps as a content creator intended that versus, oh yeah, when I see your videos, they're actually really clever. They're funny and I can connect with them. You know, there's that kind of, dis that's that fine line of distinction, but kind of going in that direction of content creation and D&D. &D, when did you start wanting to make first off DD &D content to share with the world also in that same vein like when did you wanted to start making music for those with DD? &D? i know you mentioned that you saw a bit of a gap right that's kind of how i'm interpreting this you saw a gap in the industry of wait a minute there aren't enough creatives out there doing this but do you remember what the time frame was like did you start and it took you a couple of years? Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah. So my the the journey, I, I did start on Instagram uh, with a project I called Make My Anthem, uh, which eventually came, became Arcane Anthems. Uh, and okay. that was me writing songs for podcasts, for people's characters, for people's oh, campaigns. Cool. Uh, I would I would work with them and I would get feedback. And at the time I had never really I had never really written classical music before. So okay. I was I was venturing into a completely new sphere, uh, learning as much as I could online, watching tons of videos, reading through lots of articles about like, hey, how do I structure violins and violas and cellos mm. and bass uh, and trumpets and flutes? And like, when do I use these things? <laughs> 
how sure. uh, there's so many orchestral instruments like what why would i use a you know a, a marimba instead of a xylophone or or instead of a uh instead of a you know whatever just mm. so many different instruments out there so uh a lot of learning happened and it happened really all in front of people i had massive imposter syndrome uh like just saying like, yeah, I'm going to write you a song and, and, oh yeah, those, those influences totally. I'll totally write a song just like that. Thinking to myself, I have no idea. I have yeah. no idea how to do this. Uh, and just finding my way to the dark. Uh, I was on Instagram for a long time, couple years, uh, okay. two and a half years, like chasing it, trying to, trying to come up with something that people would connect to with RPG music. And, and I, I think I got up to about 600 followers on Instagram. Uh, and, and I was like, oh, I saw these other people who were creating things and like growing so much faster than me. And I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. Uh, and, uh, then TikTok came along and it really changed everything. Uh, oh, wow. all of a sudden I was able to sh like be, be my goofy self. And, and I think that mm. Instagram for a long time and now it's just now changing didn't want people who were goofy mm. it didn't it it, it it didn't I liked memes it was fine with memes but if you saw somebody being goofy no that's cringe no that's you know yeah this is an emasculated man no this is like they and and that was one of the things that like the transition for me from TikTok to Instagram was so hard uh was before reels Instagram did not like uh, this style of content. They were very serious. And like, I felt like yeah. the, the the Instagram people were very smug. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're very smug about the content they created. Um, and now that like the TikTok formula is now incorporated into Instagram, people yep. on Instagram are kind of understanding it better. They're, they're like, oh, I get why this kind of type of content is fun. Oh, it, oh, this is supposed to be funny and, and silly. Like, oh, I get that. And now that they understand that funny and silly can be enjoyable, uh, the, the everything has switched. I've 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 grown, you know, twenty fold uh, on on Instagram, uh, doing the same type of content that I've been doing over on on TikTok. Uh, but it it took it took that transition, and it took a lot of uh, a lot of people are really like giving it to me because people on TikTok got it and people on Instagram did not for a long time. And now they're just they're just now figuring out like, oh, fun, funny, scroll through. This is great. <laughs> well, but it, um, but but you're right, though, because I mean, on Instagram, it was at least the content that I create and created was OK, world building, because that's kind of what my bread and butter yep. is. I really love world building. And then let me give you something that's going to help in your game. And then let me do this. And then it was very rigid in my perspective. Very rigid. Exactly. Like I am a professional. The stuff that I create is very, very good. Like that, yep. that's how Instagram needed to be. These photos are immaculate. Yep. Uh, you know, like that's that was Instagram. Like and I, I must have a one for one ratio of this and my logo <laughs> needs to be here. And then I realized, oh, wow, I'm putting a lot of work into this. And like friends of mine who are talented co content creators, and I'm so happy for them, like blasting through. And I'm like, damn, mm -hmm. I've been here for like a minute. And I'm like, and, and it has nothing to do with your art. It has nothing to do with your art. Like, like that's, that's, that's the thing. I just learned that though. <laughs> I just learned <laughs> that. And then I went on TikTok and I was like, man, I'm going to be my nerdy ass self that also has a really messed up sense of humor. Um, and when I let go, you hit the nail on the head. It just you it almost like you allowed yourself to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I I, I was I was on uh, TikTok. I had a, actually I had a friend who encouraged me to go over to TikTok 
Um, and she was like, Weston, I think that you really need to go over here. I think you'd do really well over here. And at the time, literally nobody, no one I knew was on TikTok except for this one friend of mine. Um, and so I, I went into TikTok very sheepishly. I was uh, like researching it for about three to four weeks before I ever posted a TikTok. Yeah. But then once I did, I'm like, oh, is this what 3,000, oh, 4,000, oh, 5,000 followers feels like? Like just gaining super, super quick. Wow. Um, and then I introduced it to uh, my wife and to my sister who also does uh, like ADHD content creation. Uh, oh, cool. My, my wife does like home organization content. Oh, that's awesome. uh, and and they were like, wow, this is really cool. And now both of them has, have, more, have, have like more followers than me. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's it, it's one of those things where like you find what like TikTok makes me happy. Like it, it the yeah. type of content I get to create on TikTok is very fun, and I needed I that funness I and that not to take myself so seriously. Well, it's also a lighter a light hearted area, right? Um, yeah. I feel like TikTok is where Instagram was in 2012. Oh, interesting. Like, okay. That really vibrant, fun. People are taking pictures of their vacations and people are blowing up. Like I wished I would have jumped on. T I wish I would have made more content for TikTok earlier because I kind of like, and like you said, sharing a meme is fun and it's funny, <laughs> but living the meme is even better. <laughs> it's even better. Yeah. For um, sure. Becoming be, become the meme. Yeah. yeah. No, become the meme. And actually I'll, you know, after this podcast, I'll send you the first meme that my players made. And it just, it makes me laugh to this day because this is the, these are, this is the community, our players that joke with us. And it's like, I feel like that's what TikTok is. It's literally like a bunch of us as little acting like little kids and being giddy all the time and really just being encouraging and positive with one another, like 24 seven versus like IG, it can get serious. You can get some really serious people there. I, I won't say who. Yeah. Um, and obviously Facebook, I just don't. That's no, like, no, no, no. What's the point? Uh <laughs> I mean it's more of like I remember sharing a ter I remember sharing some terrain uh pictures with a community and i just was like i was how should i say this lightly i was very disappointed yeah yeah and i was it was like oh i just unleashed pandora's box i'm gonna close it back yeah bad i, I uh, yeah I, I've, I've never i've never found that specific audience to be that engaging i i'm i'm attempting now to kind of uh go through like the youtube route but like i said i'm not a huge like i don't love making videos <laughs> i hear <laughs> I that I, I love talking and, and i love talking as you I can love probably talking. tell I, I love I, talking. I love streaming. I love doing all those things, but making videos and editing oh. videos is not not a ton of fun for me. Uh, right. So I will we'll, we'll see we'll see how that goes. Um, it's but yeah, yeah. I, I, I I've just had so much fun on on TikTok, and obviously it's not perfect. There's so many problems that that TikTok as a brand new pl platform has to fix, uh, and I'm 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 in no way saying that TikTok is a perfect platform, but it is a uh, it is an alternate platform, uh, and it's 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 sure. it's been a place where I have found success uh, in in ways I didn't think I was going to, uh, and that success has been able to uh, bring me to the point where I can do this full time now, which is so so cool. Um, but yeah, uh, love it. But I, that's awesome, I, though, man. Like the fact that you're able to do what you love full time is really what the goal is, right? At least in my opinion, that's the goal in life to do things that you love full time and to do it in a way that is going to not only provide for yourself, 
but you can provide for your family. You can do all these things that you really want, right? And I think that's the beauty of like social media. Like, you know, some people are like the algorithm, you know, we got to chase the algorithm kind of like if it's some magical unicorn and it's like, no, like we chase it for a reason, right? We do, we do all these things to kind of build up our brand so that we can do the things we love, right? I mean, like you said, 2011 version of you would have, what I think you said you would have scoffed or laughed at yourself if you would have been told, oh, I'm doing music for D&D uh-huh. full time. Yeah. Like, it's it, crazy. It, it's, I mean, I, I have a brand new show coming up uh, next month where I take uh, popular non-D&D creators and I teach them Dungeons and Dragons live on stream. Oh, nice! Uh, and and so we create one week. We create their characters, and then the final week, they, you know, the three of them get together and play a game. Oh, cool! And I am every like whenever we know the joy of introducing people to D anD. d Absolutely. And and content creators are just built for it. Like they 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 yeah. already have it. Like they're yeah. already good at it, and they don't know that they're good at it. Uh, so it's it's an absolute joy being able to make content that will b- hopefully bring more people into the hobby, hopefully bring their audience into the hobby uh, and, and and keep it growing and keep it diversifying and keep it, you know, getting bigger and better and, um, you know, encouraging more people to, to play, you know, other tabletop RPGs and, you know, just having fun around the table again and like making believe like being you know, reharnessing that that amazing ability that humans have to play um, that that we don't have to lose. We don't have to lose that ability. And uh, so many adults do. Uh, and they're miserable. Like they, they become yeah. miserable because they forget how to play. Um, and I'm not saying that that's the only thing in life that can make you happy. But for me, I I love it. And it is something that does bring me a lot of joy and a lot of happiness. Uh, being able to build a you know creating content to build a community mm. which should be the goal it should have nothing to do with numbers it should have nothing to do with follower counts it should have nothing to do with metrics it should have everything to do with building a community that likes what you do that you like <laughs> yeah. that you like to engage with and interact with and that will support you and that's that's what like that building a brand thing is all about for yes. me it's all about meeting people and it's all about building relationships with people and it's all about building that community and having people have that like that that space that makes them happy uh, and that content yeah. that uh, that makes them smile well when people say and you know I love the way you mentioned it because I feel that a lot of people, when they hear me talk about or anyone talk about, but specifically talk about like building your brand, your brand, in my opinion, isn't just your like social media. It's who you are. Like my Brian, I am a brand. What I mean by that is how do people view me? Like we said earlier, when people view Brian, do they view him as a kind person? Do they view what, you know, what, that's how I kind of view brand as well. And that's what this D&D community is about is to say, hey, wait a minute, like whoever's out there creating content, like how do we view that person? So that's number one. But number two, what I really love that you mentioned and that you said was using your imagination. We have, and this is going to be a little bit of a harsh comment for those folks out there. We have forgotten to use our imagination to such a point where when we start using it, we almost like don't know how to use our imaginations because it's been so long. And as a historian, that's kind of how I was classically trained. We look at our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation that, and I'm, you know, I don't want to assume that you and I are in the same generation, but you know, we may be, I don't know, but 
um, our grandparents and parents maybe didn't have the time to imagine things. They, right. they stopped imagining and thinking and, and creating because of necessity or because of something else. Maybe their parents told them, well, you got to stop doing that, right? Um, maybe that one person who started playing Atari or Nintendo back in the day, really, you know, as a 12, 13 year old kid, their parents said, stop doing that. It's a waste of time. And their dream was crushed. And I really love how D&D is bringing people back into that. And I love how you're bringing, you know, non-D&D content creators, so to speak, to kind of reignite that imagination because it's so important, right? Not even from a mental health perspective. I know being a creative individual, it's helped me go through a lot. I mean, last year, let's yep, just sure. let's just say that last year's stuff, <laughs> to say the least, if I didn't have my friends from D&D, if I didn't have that creative outlet, I don't know what I would have done. But on top of that, I think what you're doing about really kind of reigniting that imagination is good for the human person. It can be translated into every aspect of human life, whether it's your career and thinking outside of the box for maybe a problem that you might have or a product that you want to create. Or even how do you handle, you know, a conversation with someone that kind of like what we talked about earlier with trolls can be hostile, right? Well, D&D kind of gives you those building blocks to learn how to, in a role play setting, deal with communication and deal with the NPCs of the world. You know, I, I really, and it's, it's something I just kind of thought about while we were talking. I really love that. You're kind of reigniting that and it's got a tenfold um I guess like return, you know, what you're doing is not only reigniting imaginations and obviously like through music and through content, but there's a tenfold that we won't see because obviously like we won't see how that's touched other people's lives. So I really think that's beautiful, man. I really think that's beautiful. Well, it, it gives us a, a, a safe space to explore other options. We're like, like True. we we won't lose our job if we say this thing in a D and D game. Like we can figure sure. out how to communicate pe with people uh, in in new ways because we get to role play them. I mean, we we I don't know how many trainings you've been in, but I, I used to work in retail, so yeah. I had so many role play opportunities to practice skills, and we don't have those very much. Yeah. I, this this idea of sitting around at a table and pretending and making believe with one another. Uh, when you first do it in D and D, is feels a little bit embarrassing, mm, uh, yeah. and and that I mean that embarrassment has far left me uh, now. Uh, but when I first did it with this group, when I first we first played our first game, there was that trepidation there, and there was mm. that uh, that tension, and that like oh, this is a little bit strange to be like speaking in a silly voice, and yeah. like and and to hear somebody else speaking in 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 a silly voice. Sure. Uh, when uh, we all know that you don't sound like that like there's there's these things you have to break through uh, in order to to play this game and i think that it's healthy to break through that to break through those things <laughs> i think that it's important i mean um, i think it's also necessary to kind of stand your ground and say hey i'm not changing or conforming my hobby because it's out of the norm and i think that's where you know going back and i've i've always had this theory like I know for my family, they've been very supportive of um, D&D. And I mentioned that to you just because, you know, being Cuban, my parents, you know, were refugees and came during the 60s era. And for them, when they heard D&D, they're like, okay, whatever. This, this doesn't, it's, you're not causing any harm, whatever. Fine. I don't care. 
Um, but a lot of like my mom's friends who basically said, this is weird that they're, that your kid's doing this, like your kid's going to be weird. Um, my mom didn't care, which I'm very uh-huh. thankful for. And it's kind of like for us, how many weird people- is better than boring. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know. I don't want to be, and that's the thing. I don't want to be, for me, I equate boring with what everyone else is being taught to do. You work from this time to this time, you come home, you do this. And I'm not saying it's intrinsically bad. It's not. But to me and the way my brain works and the way everything, you know, works in my head. It's not uh, genuine to you. It's not. It. Thank you. It's not genuine to me. I yeah. would rather, you know, if, if I could, you know, work doing this, this, this and that. Great. But it's at the end of the day, you have to be genuine to what you were given, how you were created. Right. So and how you were born, if you um, are wanting to do the kind of typical this work style and that good for you. And if you're happy, I think that's where we can kind of like, if anyone can take anything from this episode is here's a great example of someone who's pursued their happiness, you know, through the art, through the arts, specifically with music and with D and D merge them together to really pursue a lifestyle that is genuinely ROI positive and happy. Like I, that's the one thing I want people to like, get from this episode is you can do it too. And I mean, you've oh, yeah. talked about it. You you put in the work, you've had the experience, right? You built the foundation, but then you put in the work and then, you know, little by little, it started paying off. And I, and I love that. I just, again, I know I went on a bit of a tangent, but I thought it was really important to share with the audience. Hey, this is something that can be done. You just got to, you know, kind of make that decision and, and dedicate, but not beat yourself up. Cause it seems like you haven't like what you were talking about earlier, like when with IG and all that kind of, some of the things that you didn't see, it seemed like you didn't beat yourself up, which I really, oh, I, I absolutely did. Okay. <laughs> don't, 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 don't mistake my journey for this. Like, I mean, I, 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 I absolutely do. And, and I do it to this day. Of course okay. I beat myself up about, so I'm a creative, like creatives are yeah, that's so good. True. I'm, I'm a creative with ADHD, panic disorder and anxiety. Like, yes, I am going to beat myself up about things. And should I have? No, of course not. But it's only natural yeah. to like want to grow and want to be better and, and want to, you know, it, it's, it's that desire in us to become better and to yeah. be, you know, quote unquote, we always chasing this idea of success, right? True. But really, really what we want is we want to improve. We want to become better. And, True. and yes, I would beat myself up uh, about things. Sometimes I beat myself up about things. Now I, I'm in a discord with like 25 other RPG musicians. Oh, nice. And they are all incredible. Like some of them are so much better than me. At, at making music. And that is okay for me to say because I admire the work that they do. Um, and I, and I, I, not only that, but I love how quickly they're able to write this music. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, I'm, I, I, I have to t- kind of take my time and, yeah. and that's, that's, that's how I, I work. Um, I have to take my time with things. That's how I've been my entire life. I, I can't do things fast. That's not really what I'm great at is yeah. pumping a bunch of stuff out. Um, but at least not at the speed that I wish I could, I guess is, is the best way to put that. Um, so 
you know, you're going to feel downtrodden. You're going to feel defeated. You're going to feel all those feelings. And that doesn't mean what you're doing is incorrect. Mm -hmm. Um, but those can be signs to do I need to adjust my course? Do it's like if this isn't making me happy, if this isn't bringing me the same joy that it once was, why am I still doing it? That's um, a good point. And being able to just ask yourself that question okay, I am still doing it because if I were to stop doing it, would I miss it? Yeah, I would. Why? Well, because I would miss this, this, that, and the other. Okay, well, then I will continue on this path. Um, and that's really important to reassess every once in a while because that can bring you to a better path when i started arcan anthems i knew i i i never really liked my the first name that i had made uh, it was fine in the moment but then as i started to develop who i actually wanted to be i wanted to change my name i knew it was going to be a whole thing i didn't quite know what i was going to change it to but that kept wearing on me so don't be afraid to change course mm. Um, don't don't be afraid to change course. Uh, that's really important that in those moments you do every once in a while keep experimenting. Maybe this 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 might not be the end all be all for me, and that's okay. Uh, I have to accept that this this might not be the thing I do for the next sixty years. Like that's okay. I'm a for creator. Sure. For sure. Uh, I'm I might find myself doing something else, and I need to be okay with that. Uh, I need to you know be diligent and consistently creative and all those other you know good things but it doesn't mean that i am stuck uh this is who i am for the rest of my life and we'll we'll find out who weston is in the next 10 years you know we'll we'll find out you know if me thinking about me and you know in 2031 uh if if, if i will be scoffing at whatever that that weston is doing but i i, I sure hope that that weston is happy you know i sure hope that that weston uh, is is enjoying being whatever I become then. Um, I, hope, yeah. I hope that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. And I hope that, I also hope that Future Weston runs a 10-year campaign. <laughs> the Just saying. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll it see can be happens. done. I think it can be done. <laughs> I, uh, I'm currently part of a campaign that's been going on for 28 years. The right DM, on. The DM, uh, his name's Ray. Uh, AK got DM. He's been running his campaign. Oh yeah, yeah. He's been running it. For I know Ray. Yeah, yeah. I was just in one of Ray's games a uh, couple of couple of weeks ago. Oh nice, yeah. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love him as a DM. Love him as a. He's a good friend of mine. Um, Fantastic. But yeah, no, it's possible. So future future Weston ten year campaign. <laughs> I know it. No, but well, honest. Like, oh, go for it. Sorry. Oh, I was saying like maybe maybe it will be something totally different. Maybe I'll be a park ranger in 10 years like i like i i don't know like that's that's the thing is like maybe i'll be you know living my dream of you know being a stylist like it, it that's that's the what i am doing then like what i'm doing now shouldn't dictate what i'm going to be doing in 10 years true um and i love what i'm doing now i don't have any plans on stopping i adore this and current weston if i were to do this for the rest of my life would just be so happy yeah for sure uh, i would just be so so happy um but I don't know who I'm going to be in 10 years, you know, and, and that's OK. That's that's OK to change things you like. It's fine. Like you're you're allowed to you are a complex person. We were talking about brands earlier and yep. this is probably the last thing that I, I say, but a brand is just the most simplified version of you. We are all Thank complex, you. nuanced individuals with complex and nuanced experience and interests. Yep. And it's OK to explore that complexity and that nuance. Yep. And it's important to do it or else you start leaving parts of yourself out 
of the equation. And that's when that uh, misery starts to come in and starts to present itself when we're not feeding those more nuanced parts of ourselves. It's like a garden. Each <laughs> yeah. part of your garden needs watered and needs to be yep. tended and cared for and loved. Maybe you're known for your corn, but you you need you but but really you also like those strawberries over there. You need you need to take care of those too. Yeah, and if you have some kale, you you might need some water. The <laughs> potatoes don't necessarily; they just you know, sure, sure. you look at them and they just do their thing. Yeah, they just do their thing. But no, honestly, like, and there's so much complexity in that, and but there's also a lot of beauty in that truth, and it's kind of like you know, what you're doing right now with your music. And and I want to touch on that really quick before we end. I, I really feel like this is going to be part one of of multiple or however many episodes we have, because I feel like we can talk a lot about homebrewing. I think we can talk a lot about all that. But one thing I really want to touch on is first and foremost, with the music that you provide, can you give us like a high level view of what that looks like? Is it music that you provide that you can use in RP in your RPG that you can use for your stream? I know you said you commission a lot as well. So um, tell me a little bit about whether you have some open commissions or not. Could you could you talk about that? Yeah, my 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 goal is to have a library of music that anyone can use Perfect. that they are able to search through it, whatever they're doing, commercial or you know, personal or whatever, whatever it might be, if they're making videos, if they're making indie video games, if they're making like whatever it is that you're able to dive into Arc and Anthem's library, find a song you like and use it. That's that. that is my goal. Uh, you don't have to contact me to tell me you're doing it. I love to know what projects you're working on. I'd, I'd love to know where my music is. But as long as you credit me, yeah, as long as you're giving me credit, then use it like go go and create. I, I just I hate this this idea of creators being stifled by things they don't know things like that like because they're not lawyers like that's so annoying to me like yeah. that's so frustrating uh i i want to give people that freedom uh, i also do commissions uh they are it's really fun I, I i enjoy connecting with people in that way um and you can you know commission me to to i i usually do one minute uh, in, instrumental themes for people for their introductions or for their characters or for their campaigns, or whatever. Oh, awesome. uh, just kind of to keep keep it simple and keep it like very focused. For sure. Um, I'm, 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 I probably will not be the person to go to if you need like a 20 minute ambient theme. Like that's not that's not what I do. That's that's not I am all about writing melodies that are catchy, that are interesting, that are uh, I, I, I call our anthems music for moments. Yeah, I love you know, it. This is how you start your game. This is some, uh, you know, these these songs will create moments within your within your campaigns. Uh, so yeah, you can go to my Patreon, download all the songs for free. I'm on Spotify. It helps me out a lot if you add my music to your Spotify playlists, uh, your D and D playlists, um, and Apple Apple Music, and you know wh wherever else. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. Well, I also uh, put a, a link in the description as well, and this. Um, I will put, yeah, I'll put a link in the descriptions for all that as well. And directions too, because I'm re I really love, like you said, music for moments, right? That is, you know, we want sometimes the music, that intro music for a character. How badass is it to have that intro music for a character? That's really some it's, it's part of you, but like you said, not all of us are lawyers and we can't, you know, I know people who used, um, what's it called? It's Led Zeppelin's levy i'm trying to remember the full title of the song but it's got it's john bonham playing that um uh, keeps on breaking oh my gosh i'm, I'm oh sorry. i know what you're talking about and you I'm, know i'm I, never gonna remember the i'm, ne I'm never gonna remember the, the song name just because 
my brain when the levy breaks yes i i i I know exactly i know exactly what you're talking about but yeah Yeah. they use that part that that drum uh john bottom's beat Uh as a character intro on a stream and they got like immediate but they didn't know yeah and i'm just like oof. but the it was such a badass introduction because it was like kind of that um it was a powered by the apocalypse kind of like rpg cool. and it was like a western theme and i was like oh my gosh that's perfect that, that was so perfect but again so i really love what you're doing where you kind of take the stress out of these content creators or streamers or dms or whoever to just play the game and have that music involved because i'm assuming like and at least something i talk about music is heavily part of my d my dming i want people to have the ambiance music whether it's just you know, maybe like an eerie cave and the water dripping or sure. a tavern ambiance. So um, I'll make sure to post this in the description, though. So you said Spotify and to add them onto your playlist. You said um, Apple Apple Music. And then there was yep. a third one that I want to make sure you have a Patreon. Patreon, okay. Patreon yeah. And if, if you support me at higher tiers, then you're able like everybody gets the music for free. You can download the MP3s. Just download them. You can also download all my parodies there as well. And there's extended versions of the parodies there. Oh, perfect. Um, but you uh, get all the music for free. Uh, mm-hmm. Higher tiers, you can get looped versions. You can oh, get cool. uh, you can get smaller loops. So uh, like you can rearrange those loops to like recreate the song and however you want to arrange it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you can go even further beyond that, and you can get the individual instruments, the stems, the audio stems. So you can oh. like just have the violin part for the song, just have the violins and the cellos going, just have the the percussion and the flutes. Like you can adjust that. Uh, you can also uh, on the highest tier, you're able to. You know, make turn my violin uh, notes into synthesizers or like you can you can go in and use the MIDI files, all the notes and you can recreate it and you can rearrange the melodies and you can you can go you can go in and all the customization that you uh, that you could ever dream of. You can make my fantasy tavern melody uh, into a lo-fi, you know, electronic song if you really want to. Like that's that's the the okay. amount of custom ability I, I give uh, I'm on my Patreon. That's so awesome. It's. It's modularity, which again, yep. we we're in the D and D space. We know we we love modularity, so that's awesome. Absolutely. I'm I'm definitely gonna check it out. Actually, I, in my I can already picture in my mind. I already have like things that I want to ask and uh, commission and and just and go from there and just explore. So if I know that if I know that's in my head, I know a bunch of people are gonna want to do the same. But you know what? First and foremost, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. For me to just kind of us to hang out and talk about DD and just you know casually talk about the hobby so i really appreciate that um it was really great to get to know you in this space man really appreciate it happy to be here thanks so much for having me on absolutely and folks thank you so much for watching if you're listening as well be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you're watching be sure to like this video we really appreciate it please support my friend um at arcane anthems you'll all the links will be in the description Please support this podcast. Again, your support means the world to me, and I just appreciate it. Most of them, most importantly, y'all, be kind and compassionate to one another. It is some crazy times right now, but we can get through this together. So be kind and compassionate. And as I always say, keep gaming. Mm-hmm.